people just ha think a certain way about Remington. They're like, oh, well, they're hunting ammo or they just mainly do shotgun stuff, those sort of things. So when I show up with Remington Thunderbolt, like last weekend, I was shooting Remington Thunderbolt against some of the bigger name brands when it comes to rimfire stuff. I actually had one dude kind of give me crap about it, and then I beat him using Thunderbolt, and it was so satisfying. <laughs> Welcome to the Remington Podcast, where we take a deep dive into all things ammunition. I'm your host, Audrey Mays, and today we're sitting down with my good friend, Ben Bell. He's the process engineer for all of Rimfire, and if that isn't big green enough for you, he's also a Remington-sponsored competitive shooter. We sit down and chat about Ben's start here at Remington, the improvements that are coming to Rimfire, and his experience as a Remington shooter. Let's meet Ben. Okay. When did you start here? Uh, about two years ago, spring of 2021. So you're still relatively new? For the most part, yeah. Considering there's people that have been working here 50 years. Yeah. Have you been able to like dive in though, even though you've only been here for two years? In the areas that I've focused on, yeah. I've been able to spend quite a amount of time in those areas. Where did you, um, where'd you start? I started in our Lone Oak 2 building? Lone Oak 2, that's Eli. Yes. I gotcha. Um, so you started in Eli in the summertime. I remember you telling me that. Yes, at the beginning of summer, at the same time that all the interns showed up. Yeah, and you're a relatively young guy. Yeah, they uh, there was actually two or three interns that were older than me, so everyone just assumed I was an intern. How'd that uh, roll over for you as an engineer and not an intern? It was fun. It was really fun at the end of summer when people were like, hey, like, when are you going back to school? Be like, oh, well, I'm not. Like, yeah, I'm here permanently. You're stuck with me. Do the interns do like the same kind of work the engineers do? Like, why did they think um, that you were an intern? Well, other than the fact that you're young. They didn't, yeah. know, they didn't know like what kind of stuff I was doing. The interns will normally do, they'll assist engineers with projects. And then sometimes engineers will just give them a responsibility on a project where it's like, okay, I need this done or so you handle it or sometimes they'll just have a kind of smaller project that doesn't rely, doesn't require any real technical expertise or a high level of engineering knowledge and then just let them do that on their own. It's so like beginner level stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> gotcha. Beginner level, beginner level stuff. Yeah. So now you work in Rimfire. So how, how did you transition from Eli to Rimfire? <clears throat> so, our, a rimfire engineer moved to a different part of engineering. He moved, he wanted to get away from making ammunition and go towards a different type of manufacturing. So he just left Remington as a whole. Gotcha. So that position, as far as the rimfire engineer, went unfilled for a few months. Mm -hmm. And where I was at, they, we had two engineers. And so it was like, okay, well, I know enough now that... I'm better than the, slightly better than an intern, so I can get tossed in a new area. Slightly better. Yeah. And you, you shoot like a lot of rimfire ammunition, right? Yes. So does that passion roll over for you at all? Well, the passion for ammunition kind of rolls over to everything because whether it's rimfire, just regular handgun ammo or rifle, I shoot everything, so... Basically anywhere I have a passion for it, and it's like whatever part of the plane I'm in, I want to make 
the best the best that I can absolutely make. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want my name attached to it if it's not going to be good. Right. So your role now is you're a process engineer at Rimfire. Yes, I'm a process engineer. And what? So what does that mean? So the process is A to Z of Rimfire manufacturing from the raw materials that come in to the loaded rounds that go out the door. That whole operation is considered the process. Mm-hmm. So anything anything between those two steps is I'm involved in. Gotcha. Whether it's modifying parts for machines, coming up with new, more efficient ways to make parts or make supplies. Like pieces of the ammunition. Yeah, brass, bullets. Gotcha. Primer mix, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've been in your office several times and you have... Um, a 3D printer in there. Yeah. And so you're directly working on these machines sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I use that for um, a lot of the a lot of the machines I deal with um, are old. Uh, some were designed in the 30s, 40s, 50s. And so the technical drawings that I'm working from were also from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And so... There's very different ways to make parts now versus back then. Mm-hmm. And there's things that I can change about the parts that either make them easier for manufacturing or just more efficient. And they didn't have access to the tools needed to make them in that way. So I'll like use a 3D printer to prototype stuff, make sure it fits on the machine, make sure the changes I want to make are going to work to some degree. Mm-hmm. When shooting 22 is a part of your passion, it creates a drive to improve every aspect of the process to create the best ammunition possible. Let's hear what Ben is working on to make Remington Rimfire a competitor in the market. You are making changes, like hands-on changes to the machines because, you know, you're updating them. They're old. Yes. Is that Does that correlate at all with making changes to the ammunition? Some of them do. Like I'm in the process of a change right now that is heavily involved with modifying what's there on the machine and the end product will be a higher level of quality of parts coming off of that machine. Okay. So it'll improve the machine's efficiency, but also improve the quality of parts coming off the machine. Because you could, I mean, you can have a machine that runs really fast, doesn't have a whole lot of stoppages or anything like that that runs efficiently. Mm-hmm. But if it's not making quality parts, then it's useless. And quality to you means what? <sighs> to me, quality is having... One thing I've learned is that a lot of specs, as far as ammo go, can be... It doesn't necessarily matter what the spec is, but how consistent everything is to that spec... Because spec, it's easy to change specs. Like, oh, I want this shell to be five, ten thousandths longer. Might not affect a whole lot in the end. But what you want is you want all the parts to be as close to that as possible. Consistency is key. Does A lot of times it doesn't matter where, like, a nominal number ends up as long as everything is close to it. Gotcha. Because some of these machines are so old, like, it's a struggle to keep it running efficiently. And so... I'm actively working through stuff where it is less effort to keep the machines running efficiently. One of the good things about the changes we're making is that it's allowing us to make newer products 
that we haven't been able to make in the past and we'll be able to make them at an extremely high quality for 2024. And you're the only process engineer in, in Rimfire. Yes. Gotcha. And do you think that has anything to do with the fact that Rimfire is like technically the newest addition to the factory or do you think it's just because it's a small request by the consumer by the customer 22 is cheap to make it's cheap to buy it's so it's it's a very important part of the plant but i think about like walking into like a cabela's or a bass pro every time i walk in there i buy a box of 22 yeah everyone everyone buys Everyone buys 22 constantly. Mm-hmm. It's undersold every year, so we just physically can't make enough of it to meet the market demand. But so you see, you see a future to 22. Like you see changes that you could really implement that would really make it better. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So bring our 20. Bring Rufinsons from Fire to the 21st century and try to make it a a leader in that market. Mm-hmm. What are you working on right now? Well, one thing is um, we worked very heavily on like the primer mix that we use that actually ignites and sets off the powder and whatnot. We're working to get that as consistent as possible so that way we have consistent ignition. We've worked through, when I say consistent ignition, I mean consistent velocities coming out of the barrel, like that sort of consistency because we have an inspection system that's really great now to, I mean, we have a incredibly low misfire rate that if, if stuff misfires now, it's a one-off deal or it's a, it's something we pay attention to because mm-hmm. it doesn't happen anymore. Like and it's, we've just got that to where it's a non-issue. And by misfire, you mean like pull the trigger, goes click and nothing goes boom. Yes. Yeah. Here lately, the only times we've had misfires is actually a gun issue in ballistics where it's like, oh, we were out of firing pin spring or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of nice. For it not to be your fault. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like things to not be my fault, (laughs) even though I'm directly responsible to a degree. So consistency, that is that is the goal. Yeah. One of the other big projects that will affect all of our lines is our shell length consistency because just due to the way you have to make 22 shells there's a slight inconsistency in the overall length there's a there's a slight inconsistency to this just inherent to making these shells it's inherent when making all shells you have when you make them it is slightly inconsistent and you either have a trim process or something to even all of that up Mm -hmm. and so that's something i've been working very very heavily on to try to get that as consistent as possible and more consistent that is, then it's easier to make the loaded rounds. They feed more reliably. They, you get more consistent velocities. So your groups get better Mm -hmm. improvements all around. Right. For, for everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. From Um, a small, from something that most people would never think about. mm -hmm. And I'm sure like with precision, 22 shooting on the rise people are going to be really excited about this yeah that's that's kind of an end goal is to make it easier to make match ammunition of sorts rimfire competitions are becoming super popular in the united states 
and Ben Bell is no stranger to this. This is what Ben has to say about being a competitive shooter for Remington. You're not only a Remington engineer, but you're also a Remington ambassador. So you shoot wearing a Remington jersey on the weekends. Yes. um, It's... I don't even know what weekend we're at in um, 2023, but I've shot one to two matches every single weekend of this year so far. Whether it's centerfire, nine millimeter rifle or rifle competitions, rimfire with pistol and rifle. It's all it's my life now. <laughs> and for people tuning in or watching, we're um, at the end of May. Yeah, we're at the end of May. So him saying that. He shoots every weekend. He shot every weekend this year. That's not a small thing to say. Yeah, I had to. Um, I'm doing a, an IDPA safety officer course. And one of the questions whenever you're signing up for it is like, oh, like how many how many IDPA matches have you shot in the past? Like, uh, I think it was the past two years or something like that. And I, I had to go back and look through my phone. And it was ended up being like 77, which is a large amount <laughs> A, a large amount, especially considering I've shot more this year than I have the entire, like I've shot more rounds this year than the last like three, four years combined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's insane. And all wearing the name Remington, which is also what you sport oh, yeah. during the week. Oh, it's so much fun actually to be wearing the Remington jersey because people ask questions about it constantly, mainly because with some of the ups and downs of Remington, people have people just ha- think a certain way about Remington. They're like, oh, well, they're hunting ammo or they just mainly do shotgun stuff, those sort of things. So when I show up with Remington Thunderbolt, like last weekend, I was shooting Remington Thunderbolt against some of the bigger name brands when it comes to Rimfire stuff. I actually had one dude kind of give me crap about it, and then I beat him using Thunderbolt, and it was so satisfying. <laughs> Yeah, that made me happy. Oh, yeah. Um, But then at a lot of these, like, IDPA state championships, USPSA area championships and things like that, people will see me wearing the Remington jersey, and it's, like, nothing but questions. There, it's like, are you actually shooting Remington? Yes. Or, like, and then they start at, like, I've had a whole bunch of people ask big questions about Remington, which luckily... Being an engineer and being heavily involved with a lot of this stuff, I know more than the average person about what's going on throughout our company. So some of those questions are kind of fun to answer where it's like, oh, like, like how's uh, people ask, like, how 22 production is going because people want to buy 22. And even though we make a lot of it, they people are always asking me about, oh, like, oh, I don't see this at my local store. It's like, I promise we're making it 24-7 right now. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. It's fun. 365 even. Yeah. It's pretty nice to be the guy who plays a big part in making the ammunition and also gets to prove its performance in competition. Ben walks us through his experience at the Steel Challenge National Championship. Didn't you just win like nationals or something? I did go to um, the Steel Challenge National Championship. Okay. Um, shot for Remington, shot 22s, and I ended up winning Rimfire Pistol Open. 
optics. I don't remember. I'm listen. I'm so bad with rules. I know, like, I just know what it needs to be, but I don't remember the acronyms. I'm terrible with acronyms. Oh, you just uh, okay? Gotcha. Yeah, just the acronyms. Um, <laughs> I was like, you don't remember what you shot? And like, no, I know it was. Uh, I don't remember what the O stands for. I think it's open. Um, shot rimfire pistol open and rimfire rifle open. Open. We're gonna go with open. Yeah, open sounds good. And then, um, and I ended up winning the A class of rimfire pistol, which each division, which is the type of guns, is broken up into skill levels. Mm-hmm. Whether and for that sport, D, C, B, A, Master, Grandmaster, mm-hmm. and it's also just all time based. It's eight arrays of a specific target setup. So like it's the exact same target setup. So, you know, you just no surprises, like, you know what they're going to be. And it's, it's the same thing where it's like, you shoot, you go up, you shoot five stages or you shoot five strings, excuse me. And then they throw out your worst one and you keep your best four times. So the time at the end of the day is your best four times from each one. Except there's Added one together. Yeah, there's there's one that's a little bit different where you only shoot four strings and they take your best three. Oh, okay. But they always get rid of the lowest one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you can always have one you can always have one bad one. You can always have one bad one where you miss a couple targets. Gotcha. Yeah. And you won that. I I won I did win that A class portion yeah. of it. Gotcha. Yes. And so did you get bumped up to master in yeah. that one? Okay. Yeah, I got bumped up to master. Um not because of how I placed, but I just scored like so the way you get divided up in your classifications is they take the like average time. There's set times for what you should shoot those stages in if you're perfect. And your class is what percentage of that time it is. Okay. So like if you shoot faster than what they expect, then you'll end up over a hundred percent. Less than that is obviously a hun- under a hundred percent, but anything above 85% is considered master. Anything above 95% is considered grandmaster. But I shot, I shot all eight of those well enough that I ended up at like 89 or 90% of the perfect score. So I got bumped up to master. Solid. Yeah. I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. Wearing a Remington Jersey shooting Remington ammo. Yeah. Of which you make. Yes. On a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah. It was kind of fun because people, I actually had one dude walk up, pick up my ammo, and he was like, I wanted to make sure you were genuinely using Thunderbolts because I did, I, he's like, I do not believe that anybody would show up to this match using Thunderbolts. I was like, well, I'm here. <laughs> here I, I am. I won. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of fun. It was kind of fun. Yeah, I was really happy because I won A class, but had I been in master class at mm-hmm. that i also would have won master class oh gotcha the only people that beat me were grandmasters which i was kind of salty about i want to <laughs> do better than that yeah well next time you'll be a master class that was also the only third time i've shot steel challenge in a year mm-hmm. well yeah there's only up yeah there's only up Catch Ben as a master class in his next Steel Challenge match. Although Rimfire is his bread and butter, Ben competes in a variety of shooting matches. He even got the chance to take the new 360 Buckhammer out for a spin at a lever action shoot right here in Arkansas. 
last weekend shooting the the new 360 buck hammer was a lot of fun with some of those guys because it was a NRA lever action silhouette match, okay. which I had never shot one of those before. Explain what that is to me. Um, I have a hard grasp on it myself. It's, it's not a hard grasp. It's a pretty simple concept. You have different sized animals, um, a chicken, a hog, a turkey, and a ram. Okay. And there's three different types. There's um, small bore, which is... 22 long rifle, 22 short, 22, um, just 22 rifle. Uh, there's center fire pistol caliber. So okay. that's when you get into like the 357 Magnums, the 45 Colt, the, there were some weird old calibers like 25, 20 and 32, 20. And then you have large bore rifle, which is 45, 70, 30, 30s. Most people use 30, 30s. This is all lever action. All lever action guns. Um, and then I was using our newest lever action specific caliber, the 360 buck hammer in the large bore. I shot all three. I shot the pistol caliber with 357, small bore with 22 using good old thunderbolts, and then the large bore with the 360 buck hammer. Mm-hmm. Which, How did it do? It did great. It um, it was very amusing because some of those guys. Like I said, majority of people were using 3030s, mm-hmm. but they were using 3030s that they had hand loaded to like specific muzzle velocities for the different distances of targets. So right. I said, yeah, so I, I didn't, I need to clarify that some more. The chickens for the small bore and pistol were at 40 meters. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. Was it all in meters? That's pretty odd. Yeah. Okay. Um, 40 meters. The That's an American. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> I think, well, I think the rules say 40 meters, but I think we actually ended up doing like 25, 50, 75, and 100 yards. Oh, okay. Um, I'm honestly not sure. That makes more sense. I didn't have a range finder. I just went with, yeah. I just held, held uh, on the target. Looks good. <laughs> it, it was fun. So you get 10 shots. Okay. Um, there's two rows of five chickens or hogs or whatever they are at the time. And the, <laughs> the, um, you have, you only have 10 shots okay. to hit the 10 targets. And so with four banks, you end up firing 40 rounds. Your score is how many you hit out of 40. And it was fun because I was using three borrowed guns that mm-hmm. I had only ever shot the day of the match. So the first like two or three rounds was like figuring out, like I don't know where to hold on this target with these sights. Use the first two or three rounds, figure it out. Then I started hitting everything. Mm-hmm. I had, oh, and the whole thing is standing offhand iron sights only. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Which is something I've never put any effort into mm-hmm. at all. Uh, it was fun though. It was a lot of fun. Shooting the, the Rams. The Rams were like, for the small bore and pistol stuff, were like cat sized at a hundred yards. Okay. I don't know how. Like I can't think of another. Thing. People people know what an average cat is about sized. Like a house cat. Yeah, like a house cat. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of fun. I was able to I was able to hit that. I hit seven out of ten with the thunderbolts, which was fun. This 
after I figured out my hold, my misses were only because I am a terrible shot shooting offhand. I'd pull it off slightly or do something goofy, which with iron sights at that distance, there's not a whole lot of forgiveness, especially right. with 22s and whatnot. Um, the buck hammer did great on the rifle one because so a lot of the guys had downloaded ammunition that would just barely get there and knock the targets off of the rail. Mm-hmm. The uh, Buckhammer ammo I was using was the just factory 180 grain, and it hit those targets with some effort. Full force. Full force. It, people were laughing because when I would hit the targets, like it would, it would knock them off the rail, almost toss them over the berm behind it. Even it. So the rifle ones was like 50, 100 yards, 150, and 200 yards. Mm-hmm. And the Rams at 200 yards were. They were a little bit smaller. They were smaller than deer sized. So okay. they were challenging to say the least, stand, like standing offhand, mm-hmm. 200 yard shots, especially with the sights. Cause these sights that I were using wasn't, wasn't meant for this. Right. Like some of those guys had these absolutely tiny fiber optic sights and like these rear sights that were like guns built around this type of competition. And I just was using a factory Henry with, plain fiber optic sites that yeah if if you it's just not meant just not meant for that very cowboy of you yeah yeah very <laughs> cowboy of me the black i was the only one there with a black synthetic stock too i caught a lot of crap for that did you look tactical uh i guess i don't know or like if you, if they're making fun of you for that what was theirs theirs were like um really fancy wooden stocks like engraved yeah. receivers like imagine like fancy cowboy yeah. like um but yeah the 360 buck camera did great i i ended up the whole match at like a 50 percent hit rate because i would basically every target or every distance i would take two or three shots figure out the distance hit a handful of targets then pull like two or three shots off so it ended Miss up, a couple yeah oh yeah it was pure misses on my part but it ended up being like a 50 percent hit rate across the entire match which some of the guys who had been shooting, there was a guy there who had literally been shooting the, that style of match like since they came out with it in like the 60s or 70s. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they've been doing it a while. And they, they were a little polished. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. They, they were all like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing bad for your first time. You should come out and do this more often. There you have it, guys. Remington is on the rise. Like, comment, subscribe, and be sure to share this podcast with your hunting or shooting buddies. If you want to catch up with Ben Bell, go follow him on Instagram at bell underscore mark five. That's B-E-L-L underscore M-K-5. Be on the lookout for the next episode. You can find us anywhere you can stream podcasts. And for more Remington content, follow us on all social media platforms at Remington1816. If you have any questions or have a topic you'd like us to talk about, feel free to email us at podcast at remington.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at remington.com. Thanks for listening.